Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. He is an artist and a comedian you've seen on Comedy Central. His current YouTube channel is Reboot It. Ladies and gentlemen, always a pleasure to introduce Mr. Ed Greer. Welcome, Ed. Dude, thank you so much for having me on your show. I was very glad when you hit me up about this opportunity to talk about the new world. <laughs> this sounds like a bad cover letter, man. <laughs> but I but I do appreciate it. <laughs> and I, I do thank you for being here. Yeah, it's uh it's it's always a pleasure. And as as usual, uh when Ed is on the show as follows or Often leads. We are also joined by comedian, writer, actress, and trekker Clee Wiggins. Welcome, Clee. Great to have you with us. Hi, guys. Hey. I also glad to be talking to you for once in the new in the new world order. It it well, this is I I I'm I'm a little reluctant. We'll we'll be talking about space lasers and the the new world order uh, momentarily. But first, it is always my distinct pleasure to introduce comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason, Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Dave. Power to the people. We are my people. My people. <laughs> yeah. got the soul on the show. You know, <laughs> I, I correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know if anyone actually remembers, but it feels like since we've been doing this show for the past four years, I have always tried, you know, and I mean, maybe this is like white guy trying to do things, but uh, I have like every February for the last four years, I've tried to get you two on for black history month and mm -hmm. you're always busy. So it's usually like, uh, well, you know, sometime in March, I think we're free. So I am like, I'm always yeah. excited to have you all on the show. Cause it's always we're fun. Usually, we are usually doing something. Yeah. Oh like, no. It's like you got other podcasts year, or like social engagements or shit, but I maybe yeah. maybe just my well, luck that COVID, uh, yeah so we got we got a lockdown yeah. and uh, <laughs> and you guys were stuck at home. Oh, you know what it is in February. I think in February there's like a con that we usually do, and it's like you always ask us like on that weekend. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> we're like sounds about right. But I am I am glad you guys are here today. It is uh, well. There's there's a lot to talk about. But first, me. I'm Dr. David Robinson, your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, and we do have plenty to discuss. But first, a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. <laughs> it's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. 
Community Spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using Community Spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community Spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread Variants. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread Variants. The Great Britain Variant goes great with period dramas and tea with milk in it. The California Variant, made with avocados from Mexico. And the Brazilian Variant, that goes down so smooth it's like there's nothing there. Unmitigated Spread Variants, it's time for another peak. And it is time for another peek. As we were starting to discuss before the show, it is the day before Super Bowl Sunday. And a lot of folks in places like Iowa are getting rid of all the uh, rules and regulations that are supposed to mitigate the spread just in time for people to get together for the Super Bowl. But it is the sixth Saturday of the new year, the first Saturday of Black History Month, and being the 6th of February, that also means it's National Ice Cream for Breakfast Day, National Frozen Yogurt Day, National Chopsticks Day. So whether you decide to have ice cream or frozen yogurt for breakfast, you should definitely use chopsticks. And it is also National Lame Duck Day commemorating passage of the 20th Amendment, which shortened the lame duck period. So lots of stuff going on calendar-wise. As for the real world, we are 17 days into a new government, and as of today, we've got... Timpany. 459,361 Americans dead from the coronavirus... And 26,851,600 confirmed cases, with 28.9 million people having gotten at least one dose of the vaccine, and more than 7.5 million of them fully vaccinated. And we still have 628 immigrant children who finally stand a chance of being reunited with their parents because it is no longer Donald Trump's America. So... We got that going on, but we do have the Super Bowl. And Ed, I know you are from Kansas City. We'll we'll get this out of the way from just going around the room. We'll start with Ed. KC or Tampa Bay tomorrow? Which city is going to have the most people dying from COVID? (laughs) The the answer, number one, the answer is always not Tom Brady. There you go. That's first. I don't care, dude. Beelzebub and Pazuzu could be fighting Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And I would be like, go devils. (laughs) So that's number one. That's number one. Number two, it is the lesser of two evils since the Chiefs are basically a racist. Their organization may not be all the way racist, but the whole oeuvre of it is pretty racist. And uh, it's time for them to do the whole our skins thing, switch their stuff up, call themselves a football team for a second, <laughs> figure it out. But Kansas City people will not stand for it. They'll be barbecue in the streets. <laughs> uh, you know, so I just, you know, all of that said, I want the Chiefs to win. 
because in this problematic phase, they are the least problematic part of all that. Tom Brady is twice as as problematic as the Chiefs. <laughs> Amen. And I, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this. Are, are have the Chiefs gotten a pass so far on on the naming thing because? They're the chiefs. It's like, well, if you if you're gonna go racist, at least go racist to the top of the food chain. That's exactly right. It's it's like uh, it's like the uh, the Minnesota Cuban presidents. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, it's more like the like the if, it, if you were like the New Orleans Ayatollah Khomeini. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you call yourself the Ayatollah, it's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> We just want to be at the top of our game. That's that's what we're saying. The Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. That's a slur. (laughs) That's a slur. Chiefs is not necessarily a slur. Well, it's like it's like chief. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's one of those things. You put it all together with like Arrowhead Stadium, and uh, it's not it's not that casual. I can't remember your name, boss. It's Chiefs. Like no, those Chiefs. Not what's happening, Chief. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. What's up, sport it, boss? Well, it's like it's like the uh, the Pennsylvania Persian princes or something. <laughs> it's like the, yeah, they, starring they wanted... Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> they always they always want to, but again, I think they think they thought of it at the time as kings and stuff. But then, of course, there is the Native American element and the chop. Which even the organization has told them to stop, but the Kansas City fan <laughs> is a particular monster, which is why it's very sad. Because they booed diversity when they when they had everybody kneel in the middle of the seat in, of the of the of the field and the start of the season, and they said, "Give it up for diversity, everybody!" And they said, "Boo!" <laughs> Noticeable boos <laughs> right. raining down for the concept. So I mean, yeah, it's a know, bad being, well, you know what, they, uh, they being you went to school in that neck of the woods, right? Mm-hmm. I'm from that neck of woods you know anything connected to from east st louis illinois to st louis missouri down to kansas city you are in a slave state and that thinking is definitely down there and i mean you can do everything but don't say it yeah it's here but don't pay attention to it mm-hmm. you know yeah we love our chief but don't you dare yeah we love our barbecue you know can't you hear about kansas city barbecue everybody go for miles to find kansas city barbecue but if it is some, you know, some racial shit going on, just just don't pay attention to it. Let it go. Well, know, that's just, if, uh, if they're going to piss people off, like, why don't they just call them the Kansas City Gates? And then you get all the Bryants fans like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> like, fuck you, man. Gates. You need that crap? May I help you? I, and I, 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 like, hands on, on the Bible, I love Gates. Like, first time oh, yeah. I went to Gates Barbecue. It was it was revelatory, and I grew up, you know, Chicago eating eating good barbecue up there. But yeah, and then went to Bryant's, and it was it was like okay, there's a whole other ball game. So it's I I it, for for anyone who cares, and I don't know why you do. Uh, I enjoy both, but I I think for me it was Gates was always like easier to get to, or they had a location closer to whatever concert venue we were going to when we went to KC. So. I, I mean, uh, the Gates family really—they—they they really have entrenched themselves in Kansas City. They really are like Kansas City royalty. And I was saying to somebody else on something, uh, they have a—they have an institution there called Rib Tech. It's a college to go learn how to make ribs at Gates. Nice. So they have a school to Gates pipeline. <laughs> like, 
with the, with the whole situation. Yeah, so I mean, well, I think they, they really are entrenched. Yeah, that's copying. I mean, like because McDonald's has the hamburger U uh, that they've been doing for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm guessing that's that's where they got it. But that would, uh, man, I need to look into getting a scholarship because I would. I would totally Dude, go to rib tech. I did not take barbecue college seriously as a kid, <laughs> and I wish I had done that. <laughs> Honestly, I could be making ribs now, baby. I'd be 400 pounds a day, yeah. but at least you'd inherit something. And actually, the, uh, the, the style of ribs, how they made them down there, kind of like Missouri, they would put Colt 45 beer mm-hmm. on, that, on the rib they would, and bake it in. You know, you always added some type of... You know, either either Swiss Mall liquor bull or Coast Forty Five in the barbecue sauce, as well as pour it over the meat. Oh yeah, you get you get. Yeah. It, you, probably, it probably puts a lot of moisture in it and mm-hmm. gives it a little bit of like a hoppy flavor. Yeah. Coast Forty Five yeah. is pretty hoppy for a, such a cheap malt liquor. <laughs> yeah, well, that's and that's and the flavor. That was what it was all about. It was the flavor. Mm-hmm. And I could see that working. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And who would have known that this sister would know about hoppy beer? She's from San Francisco. I understand that, but she rolled that off her tongue. Like, you know, and who would have called this more liquor bull a hoppy beer? Who would know that? I've tasted malt liquor. I know what hops taste like. The one thing I will say about about Schlitz is it is no King Cobra. Uh, which that was that was our malt liquor of choice in college. Oh my so, yeah. god! <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's that's what I have to say about yeah. the um, Super Bowl part of it. It's it's problematic. I wish my team luck though, because we've been. You know what was sad? Regardless of our of the Chiefs' name, why is it that we're the hunted? All of a sudden, we was losers for fifty damn years, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, we the overlord that people want to overthrow. I see Tampa Bay fans talk about. They've won a Super Bowl since, you know, they've won a Super Bowl at least in, the la- in, in like the last 20 years. We hadn't seen one in the last 50, and they talk about they underdogs and stuff. I don't know, man. It's 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 wild how when you become the hunter. We've, li- we've lived long enough to see ourselves as a villain we always were. How about that? It's uh, Yeah, cream cream rises to the top, I guess. But I, I think with, with Tampa Bay, they, they are sort of an underdog because – and you know, not a fan, but I will admit that Brady's got skills. And uh, other than that, you know, because I I remember you know when the when the Bulls had the dynasty and everyone was like, oh, it's just Jordan. It's like no, you got a great team. Like he's mm-hmm. you know he's your main guy, but you, you got a great team. You got a great coach. There's there's real shit happening there. Whereas with Tampa Bay, it's like. No, that's Brady. That's just Tom Brady, and they they got to catch his shit and try and defend. But nope. Whereas KC, you know, that's a team, and and it, you don't have to be at the top for long. You just got to win it once before everyone wants to take you down. So yeah. And when it comes to Mahomes, I mean, and I I like for uh, Kansas City to win. When it comes to Mahomes, he's fun to watch. The guy can throw a ball without looking at you. He can throw it in the other direction. This kid. Is, is doing things that, you know, hey, as long as they don't sack him real hard and he ends up with a concussion like he did last time, mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. He, he's fun to watch. Yeah. Well, and you know, one, one other thing that's fucked up that, you know, just thinking about how strange it has been in the past year to mark the passage of time. Uh, went to a Super Bowl party last year. Some friends of mine, Kansas City folks. So it was, you know, it was a great day for everyone there. But... 
I remember I, I brought a case of Corona beer and, and I don't even remember what the joke was, but I, you know, wrote some coronavirus joke on the case. I think it, it, I just wrote virus free under, uh, under where it said Corona on the box, <laughs> but it's like, Jesus, like that. I, I mean, not like that was the peak of humor last year, but it's definitely what? not funny this year. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, right, it, well, this whole concept, like I did a whole season of Reboot It where we were calling it the quarantine season. And that was 12 months ago. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? We were so optimistic that this was going to be some little blip that we would pop, you know, hop over like, you know, uh, like a like a speed bump. You know? Yeah. My sister's birthday is in May. And I remember last May thinking like, oh, this is so sad. And I'm going to like not like, oh, he gets everything. But when my birthday comes around in November and everything is cleared up, like I'm, I'm going to kind of feel bad that she had a crap birthday locked down and mine was not. And then lo and behold, mine was too. So <laughs> my birthday is in February. And like literally the last time Ed and I went out was for my birthday. We went out to dinner. My birthday is February 24th. And then like a week and a half, two weeks later, we're on lockdown and <sighs> Ed's at the end of May. So you know, like literally the last time we really went out to dinner was for my birthday at the end of February. Oh. And then like a week later. <laughs> well, boom. fingers okay. crossed, fingers mm-hmm. crossed. You know, we, we, things, this is the thing. Like we do have a government that is now serious about dealing with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Federal government anyway. But then you get like state governments in cities where they're all like, ah, liberal hoax, fuck that noise. It's the Super Bowl. You can't keep us out of bars and you can't cover up TVs and bars to keep us from gathering. And and it's like, guys, if if everyone would Who got that? I was gonna ask. I didn't know. <laughs> Oh, that's that's literally across the street. I mean across the oh. across the way. Oh, I thought that's you guys had a dog. Yeah, it's it's literally through the window here. Yeah, that's that's the story. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's like every honestly, if we did like a month of serious lockdown and and people like wearing masks and not doing stupid shit in public for thirty days, mm-hmm. that would take so much out of the virus and and move us ahead so much. But people keep fucking it up, and and that's all right well, as Americans, but that's what makes us Americans. Well, they also, you know, they, they looked at they looked at individualism. They're looking at humanity. They're looking at people just being flat out selfish, because we are spoiled than any of most countries. We have a lot of we have a lot of freedom. But then again, when we say look out for each other, the fact that you had the orange man take and politicize the whole damn thing, knowing he was told that, mm-hmm. yeah, I know it was serious, but I didn't want anybody to panic. Yeah. You no, know, he panicked and he fucked it up. Then you took and destroyed our CDC. They didn't speak up. No one was speaking up. Now we got to rebuild everything from the ground up. That's why, you know, Biden went and got all these damn highly experienced people. Mm-hmm. So we can and why the ground Fauci is so damn happy right now. Fauci yeah. has never been happier in his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Burks, you could have choked Burks with them damn scarf she had on because she <laughs> was sitting there let this asshole 
talk about bleach and shit. Yeah, like, what are you stupid? Say something. No, didn't say a word. Well, no, and listen, but they would have been sidelined if they had criticized him too heavily. He would have tried to fire them, and he would have definitely sidelined them, and it would have been way worse. They had well, to it was worse game. because he he brought in a radiologist to tell everybody what well, what the hell's going on. <laughs> like, what yeah. the fuck? He's got a radiologist. He doesn't know anything. Find me the epidemiologist. Well, yeah. maybe maybe we're all going to be radioactive because of uh, you know the secret Jewish space lasers. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! I love that story. I think it's hilarious. You know, for uh, for years, like whenever anyone has accused me of being a Christ killer in in one way or another, I always just look at them and say, you know, if we killed your Lord, what do you think we're going to do to you? Like, fucking back off. And same logic. Like, if you even suspect someone of having a secret space laser, just back away. Give them space and not the laser. Because do not fuck with the people with the space lasers. I think it's such a ludicrous thing to, like, espouse and believe that I think it's, it's so funny. Like, I can't. When people say stuff like that, I can't even be upset. I, I can't take it seriously because it's so ridiculous. No, I'm I'm with you there. It's it's like, we knew it, Dave. Though we I knew can't it. even we be mad. Like, I'm there. not even. I I don't even hate you for thinking that because it's so utterly dumb. I I more feel sorry for them. The Confederates <laughs> know it was you, Dave. You damn Jews were going setting the damn forest on fire and everything. Yeah, to get our high speed trains uh, that we can yes, make money were. off of. I'm I'm actually I I do want to give these idiots a little bit of credit for either having the the consciousness or lacking the creativity to go that one extra step further to say that the we Jews need these high speed trains so we can ship them off to the re-education camps. Um, and they, they didn't, they didn't take that extra step. And, uh, so for that, I, I, I thank them, I guess. I know one other thing on the Super Bowl that I, I do want to say before we do move to the conspiracies, because, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is high on the list of topics this week. One thing that I think is interesting, and I know Bud Light has like a whole campaign they're doing, but do you guys remember, I think it was like two, maybe three weeks ago, Budweiser announced that they weren't buying any ads on the Super Bowl. And granted, I'm, I'm a cynic, but I've also worked in media long enough that it's like, oh, because you're going to save the money on buying a Super Bowl ad and make up for it with all the free news coverage that you're going to get from all the news outlets doing stories on Budweiser, not buying a Super Bowl ad for the first time in 50 years. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, this was, this was not the year to try and dominate the news cycle with a, we're not buying an ad story because there's, there's a little bit of other stuff going on. Any, yeah. anyone uh, notice that have thoughts on it or shall we move on to the other stuff that's going on? <laughs> because well, not, I mean, I, I just, I personally think that there is so much made out of the so-called, by a lot of people, virtue signaling of companies. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's discounting a little bit how how serious business it is when companies take a stand at all, ever, for any reason. You know what I mean? How much political power you are exerting when you make one of these major companies 
care at even present one of these. I, I remember when they put, I, I don't remember, but I remember from reading history books when they first started letting Nat King Cole talk to the camera and tell people to use Brillo pads or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, that was serious business to have a black man, even through the TV, look you in the face. And somebody could say that the Brillo pad company or the soap company or whatever they were selling was just virtue signaling at the time. But it was a major innovation in civil rights. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I guess I can agree with Ed in that I don't think that it's necessarily about them like trying. I mean, I guess like that would have been their best case scenario was to dominate some portion of the news cycle with the no commercial thing. But I think in the in the long run, it is a good thing that they're doing this, regardless of whatever. Like, anytime a company does anything that is progressive, regardless of what their actual motivation is, it's still helpful. I really don't care about their motivation. It's yeah. like you have to practice mindfulness in order to become a mindful person. When you're first starting out doing it, if you're not that mindful of a person, it is going to seem very false and fake to well, you. And it's, it's always going to be false and fake to some degree from a company because it's a capitalist business. They're, right. In the end, they're trying to make money. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing. Yeah. I think it's, it's, if, if it is virtue signaling or mindfulness, it's, it's mindfulness light because <laughs> while, while there are no Budweiser commercials, Anheuser-Busch <laughs> is still buying commercial time for Bud Light. So it, it's kind of like, yeah, and it's there's I mean, there's the no Pepsi brand confusion there. There's no Pepsi Super Bowl commercial this year either. Well, I think after like- after Kendall Jenner handing handing a Pepsi to a, <laughs> to a riot cop, I, I think maybe they need a timeout. <laughs> I, would agree I mean, with maybe, that but like you know, <laughs> but they were gonna do. I think they were gonna do it. They're doing it for ostensibly the same reasons that Budweiser is doing it, where it's like. And there's a lot of other companies. It's not just Budweiser and Pepsi. Yeah, but like but Bud- also, also one thing. If you want to get real cynical, the ratings on this Super Bowl. I don't know that they'll be trash, but in the end, they won't be what a normal Super Bowl is. And I think they're going to be higher because I think there will I don't be, know. regardless of the dummies that are going to have Super Bowl parties, I think there will be more total households watching the Super Bowl from home. Yeah, I'm 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 agreeing with you on that one, Clee. I think there there are going to be more more eyes on individual TV sets. Yeah, uh, and not not counting like the really good Super Bowl parties where there's a TV in the living room, one in the kitchen, and they even have one in the hall outside the bathroom. TVs are cheap these days, I guess. That's that's the moral of that so, story. And I I think I think actually we'll have there'll be decent ratings, if not some of the better ratings for. Um, the Puppy Bowl? The Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Well, the Puppy Bowl is airing on Discovery Plus. So unless you're willing to shell out that five bucks a month for uh, old episodes of Fixer Upper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just going to wait until after the game to see Dr. Jill Biden's uh, little spiel that I guess she's giving at halftime at the Puppy Bowl. Oh, and the Puppy Bowl is being hosted by Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg this year, so... Yeah. All right. I'll 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 pirate it off- offline. You know, or something. Because <laughs> now I'm now I'm curious. A delight. <laughs> uh, talk it's, about a dissident. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> little little. That's that's one of those pairings that uh, I don't really know how it happened, but I, I'm really glad that it has. 
it's totally it was totally organic, which is hilarious. And now they're just both of them are you know ultimate capitalists. I mean, a wall, an ex Wall Street banker and an ex drug dealer getting together and being like, you know, we can make some money together. Mm-hmm. Let's keep this shit together. <laughs> well, speaking because, like they were, he was on her show like ten years ago, twelve years ago. Yeah, and they and it was like one of the highest greatest rated episodes that she'd ever had, and they really liked each other. Well, and what was uh, God? What was this? Uh, I'm blanking on on the name of the single that he had uh, right around that time. Was um, it, I'm hearing it, but it was like a very '70s kind of disco vibe, uh, sexual. Oh, he- Sensual, sensual eruption. Thank you. Yeah, or sensual, seduction. Sensual, sensual seduction. Right. Was, uh, that was the radio was, edit. And, yeah. It was and eruption. Sen- on the sexual other. eruption was the yeah. was the album version. <laughs> but yeah, and hey, still a great song. You know, it's just yeah. got a got yeah. a really good Spotify groove. <laughs> I I have it on several mixes uh, that I that I've made over the years. So speaking of the the news stories that he eclipsed, who's not buying ads for the Super Bowl? Big story this week is Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I'm, I mean I'm I'm definitely when I say I'm on the fence, uh, definitely not on the fence about her and where she stands with her talk about the aforementioned Jewish space lasers and stuff, but. I don't know the the Q community well enough to really be able to figure out if this is a good thing or a bad thing. But when the House voted to boot her off of committees, because honestly, a woman who harasses kids who've been victims of school shootings, not in terms of being shot necessarily, but in terms of being there and being traumatized by it, she has no business on on the education committee. So totally down with that. But then she tries to pull some some Obi-Wan Kenobi shit and, you know, well, you can you can take me off the committees, but that's only gonna make me more powerful because I can I'm now free to go and talk to groups and whoever I want. So the question I'm I'm posing in because I'm not sure where I stand on this. It's like, well, I can see how it's bad that she's going to be free to go out and speak to, to more groups and stuff because there are a lot of stupid people and she has a lot of stupid things to say. So it's potentially bad because people could believe what she's going to tell them, but it could also be potentially good because the more opportunities she has to speak in public, the more opportunities she has to show what a batshit crazy racist she is. So what, what do y'all think? Uh, Well, I mean, I I think it is a give it a give her enough rope situation, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, she has swung on that rope like Spider-Man thus far. You know what I mean? The fact that we are talking about her at all. And I'm not saying all publicity is good publicity. That's, that's not, nuanced thinking but in regards to her being able to have a sphere of influence over people that isn't dictated by her ability to move about the country as it were that's dictated by the fact that people people are willing to listen to this they're calling her the q you know congressperson or whatever you know what i mean so it's 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 interesting to me that like at this point it is a quagmire as to what came first the constituency that's idiots or the proselytizing, almost religiosity of the idiocy that some of their represented people say. I don't. It's a chicken or the egg. Did did the people 
put these people up to say these idiotic things, or are these people marshalling these people's idiocy by parroting stuff that you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah. I think with her, it's I think with her, it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B because she was a QAnon long before she was ever elected to Congress, long before she even ran for Congress. Mm. There is video of her on various like podcasts, news organizations, videos she took of herself and posted to her personal Facebook and and Twitter pages and Instagram where she is espousing these far-right QAnon-style conspiracy theories. So yeah. I think she is both a true believer and an exploit an exploiter of those of other true believers. Yeah, I mean it is, it is an issue of chicken egg which came first, but I I think you're you're going to have people that are are ignorant or stupid enough to believe this shit in the first place. But it's, it's also a, an issue like when she was doing her, her fake mea culpa and, you know, much like we were talking about the, the Kansas city chiefs before where, Oh, well, it could just be, Hey chief. No, no, no. Arrowhead. It's, mm. it's anti-native American much in, in that respect. Like when she was, first of all, she didn't, do anything even approaching an apology until it became evident that she was going to lose positions on committees. So, okay, better come up with an apology real quick here. But then when she did, it was really half-assed. It, it was barely an apology so much as it was an acknowledgement. And one of the things that she said that really stuck out to me when she was going on her whole line of, I was allowed to believe these things. Well, no, you chose to believe these things. That's to, to say I was allowed. You're, you're definitely blaming someone else, but it's one of the things that she said was, if not for these Facebook quotes, I wouldn't even be here today. And I know she was talking about being on the hot seat for, for all the QAnon shit, but in actuality, the way I read it, like, and knowing that's what she meant, the way I read it is she wouldn't be sitting in Congress if she hadn't attracted all the attention as a batshit crazy QAnon person. Right. And she, you know, there there were like multiple Republicans running in the primary, and then she ran unopposed. Well, she got seventy percent of the vote. In, in Georgia to win. I mean, they, even in the runoff, I mean, she won 70% of the vote. So that's telling you, and that part of Georgia where she ran, that is a major Republican. They took her over, well, I think the guy's a surgeon. He's a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and they were like, well, what was your message compared to her message? This chick's queuing on and all this stuff. So what does that say about the constituency of that part of Georgia? Where mm-hmm. are these people who are believing this stuff. And even when you look at the insurrection, you look at the fact that the majority of those people were not your just normal redneck. These are doctors, CEOs, people who are upper middle class, who have been doing well. And they feel like, and I know you guys are going to love this, they're taking my freedom. And she, <laughs> even Marjorie Taylor Greene said, yeah, we don't want anyone to take our freedom. What the fuck? What freedom? You've had freedom. You've had everything. What are you bitching about? Yeah, but if 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 you guys, and by you guys, I do mean the African-American people, if you guys are getting some freedom, where's it coming from? 
it must be coming from my freedom. So that means you guys are, you guys are taking my freedom and, and I'm losing free. Like nothing has perceptively changed in the lives of, of white Americans, except maybe shit's actually going to get better because we, we currently have an administration that does want to do shit to make things better. But it's, it's that whole mentality of, well, if you guys are getting more rights and more freedom, that must be coming from somewhere. So you must be taking it from us. Right. But they, they, and the fact that they would even, you know, turn their lips up to say that everything that they've gotten, when I think of, uh, think of white America has come from government. You can go back to all the government contracts that they received. We can go all the way through from government housing, loans. I mean, you had rules set up to where you could get things that black folks couldn't get, that no one could get. And you were still collecting GI bills and veterans and, and Medicare and Medicaid. And they may have bitched about Obamacare, but they got it. Just like when those $1,400 checks come in, send it back if you don't want the fucking money. Send it back. Yeah, it's, it's socialism, man. And, and Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying something. And she, I think she's got some money. Look at all these rich people who are running for office to hold on to what? What are you complaining about? No one's taking anything from you. You not, voted for a, a not if they win. bill that didn't help you. <laughs> Well, but that's, you know, that's the thing. And she's, she's still going. There was, I, I was reading in the news this morning and someone posted it on Twitter. So the other day, the Republicans in the house had two votes, one of them as to whether Liz Cheney was going to be able to hang on to her leadership position. And the other was whether or not to, to remove uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene from the committees. And there were there were 11 republicans that did vote for sanity to to take her off committees and she had posted a video of them walking through the tunnels underneath the capitol and it's like someone pointed out as every time she goes under a camera she either acknowledges it with her hand or she nods towards it with her head so She's still like throwing signals to to the Q people. And, Uh you know, I know a lot of them are waiting for March 4th because that was the the original constitutional date of the inauguration. You know, as we did say uh, early in the intro, it is lame duck day. Um, Yeah, but but the thing is, they're dangerous dumbasses. So. We'll go until March 4th and see what, if anything, happens there. I think they honestly did have plans to do shit during the inauguration, but because of all the heat that, that they had gotten from storming the Capitol uh, when when they were you know acknowledging the Electoral College votes, I, I think that led a lot of them to back down. Either that or their their leadership folks were still in jail. So, <laughs> you know, could could go well, either they, way they, on that. More of them voted to try and get Liz Cheney out of her leadership position than they did to get Marjorie Taylor off of her committees. Just like it goes to show, like just how ridiculous some like most of the Republican Party is. But and they're willing to burn it down. They're willing mm-hmm. to burn down their party. And mm-hmm. Kissinger and all those guys, you know, you got guys, you know, the Rick Smiths of the world, uh, uh, was it uh, Sass? All those guys, they're like. Uh-uh. We're not we're not buying into this and they need to clean house. And that's why, you know, Democrats, you know, start pushing shit through. 
don't worry about anything because they're right now the Republicans are divided. They don't know what the hell they're going to do. So that's why things are going to get done. You can't go against anything because this idiot that you had in there for four years who, who basically gutted the whole federal government. He just gutted it. I mean, there's nothing. there was nothing there. They had no idea of anything going on. They had to create uh-huh. their own plans. So it's going to be perfect. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to uh, self-destruct on their own. Not to worry about them. <laughs> I agree with Tim, and I think this Republican Party is headed towards self-destruction, much like Wrong the same game. All I know is, though, once something that terrible goes down, it's like a Hydra losing a couple of heads. And when it comes back, those new heads are crazy. And I, I do believe it's, I just don't want them to. I don't know, man. I guess they have morphed into full on fascist. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's gone from tacit, like, uh, prison industrial complex, send people off to war, Halliburton, Halliburton type of like sort of shadow stuff to, uh, hey, we, we're the party of we're going to hurt people you don't like. We're really not trying to pass anything to help you. We're really not trying to do anything to help anybody. But mm-hmm. we are the people who will bring down punitive anger on the people who are bothering you. The blacks, mm-hmm. the these, the those. We're, we're going to come down on them hard. So we're the policy of that. So if you like that, get down with us. We don't promise to help you in any way, but we will hurt people you don't like. Yeah, I'm. And I, that's just crazy to me that they that's open. Well, I totally agree with with you on that, Ed. And I think whereas a lot of the thinking up until recently was, yeah, but the you know quote unquote sensible Republicans will come back and reclaim the party, and the fringe people will be sent to the fringe. And I think the way things are going, and especially with you know, House Republican leader from California, sorry to say, but Kevin McCarthy last week, you know, QAnon, I don't even know how to pronounce. I don't know what QAnon is. When he's on tape in previous things saying QAnon and condemning QAnon right after the attack, I don't know what it is. And I think the problem is, while everyone thought that the the quote-unquote sensible conservative Republicans were going to come back and the, the grown-ups were going to come home, I think the Republican Party is being fully taken over by the fringe and the the ones that were more responsible are being sent to the fringe. So if there is going to be a new party, it's, well, it's they, going I, I, to be know, the... I don't even think a new party, but I, I will tell you right now, they're trying to dismantle all the voting rights laws right now in, De- in uh, Georgia, uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. They're going to Michigan, Detroit, Wisconsin, in Michigan. They're trying to change all because guess what? Arizona when minorities start to vote. White folks get scared yeah. because they know when white, when brothers and, and, and the folks start getting together, and start voting, they're going to lose out. But here's, here's the thing. It's not just like we're scared, you know, because we know that white people are going to be losing. I, I think it's one of those things that, you know, white folks are, are scared about black people voting and black people getting the equal representation in government that they've been promised since, you know, since the Bill of Rights. Well, well, yeah. But they're no, they're but scared of they're scared of that happening because they know how fucked up they've been in terms of treating black people and, and Native Americans See, and minorities. People thinking that black people and other minorities want revenge. 
We well, don't. Nobody wants revenge. No, nah, I would disagree, and I, I, I think it's righteous. I, I, you know, I, I, I think, and I'm not saying I everybody. I, I think that white people think that black people want revenge, and we don't want revenge. I think some do, and I, I, I don't, don't so. begrudge that. You know. Well, I know that I have. I, from what I did, said, you know, I don't. Um, they said we're not going to apologize anymore. That's what black people are not going to yeah, do. Yeah, well, we're, like, we're, we're not going to apologize nice, for But I don't shit think we want, like, we don't want to take out on them what they've done to us. I mean, there no, are some who probably think that way, but I mean, there they're might not be really. A few, just, but, yeah. but that's not, I wouldn't call that the, um, the majority of What no. we want and what people. we've always wanted was equal. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my point. I mean, even during segregation, if you think about it, during the times of segregation, we'd have kept segregation. As long as you didn't come and burn down our shit, we'd have did everything because we were, if you had, you know, you, but you had taken so much of black people's land. You didn't want us to have schools. You didn't want us to, to be able to do shit. Mm-hmm. And so you got mad when, you know, when they started having uprisings. We wouldn't have had all the damn massacres if, if you had just played it right. But because you refused to share and you wrote into laws that would set people back, you're talking 100 to 200 years. People are still suffering from redlining. Oh, yeah. So even though they say it's gone, they're still suffering from it. And it's because of that. And that's why blacks, they already told you, when they start moving forward, yes, that girl named Shaniqua, who you dogged out, or that brother named Daquan, or whoever you didn't like, they're going to school. They're all, now you're, and, but now, I don't know if you, Dave, if you saw this, there's a battle over revisionists. There's a battle over our own history. Remember Trump? Block. Yeah, their 1776 want- project to take on the yeah. 1619 project. Yes, that battle is going on right now, and uh, they don't want that. How they said, well, we're gonna, we don't really want to show, you know, you have to show all that stuff of slavery. It's like, fool, we don't have to bring up slavery. We can bring up any part of it you want. We can just do 1950. How about that? How about just doing 1945? And see, and that, the sad part is, no matter what the other side can frame it as a uh, a thought police thing or a 1984 revision of history thing because those people think that John Wayne sailed the ocean blue and kicked the Aztecs in the face and whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they got no, Jesus rode a dinosaur, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, no, yeah. Jesus, yeah, Jesus on a dinosaur with a good old Winchester rifle <laughs> shot the first engine and, and, and saved us all. And th- yeah. that's their, that's their conception of history. So when you say something simple, like, these people weren't indentured servants. Most of them were actually slaves. And then these other people were done. And you just try to break it down, like how many people per capita actually owned slaves, but how many people benefited from the slavery. You don't have to, a lot of people want to go back and say, well, only a certain amount of people were able to afford to, and that's totally true. But what are the uh, effects of the average white person's life in the South because the South was buoyed by slavery from the robber barons who could afford slaves. Yeah. That and even, it's, you know, well, and so I think we, you know, we see that today with folks who sort of deny or downplay white privilege. It's like, well, I'm, I'm not a racist. I, you know, I have black friends <laughs> to, you know, to use yeah, but the, the parlance, but, who, but who that's, downplay their white privilege. Well, right. They but they never learned about slavery in school. You have kids who graduated from high school and middle school in Texas. Texas and, and Louisiana and Alabama, Mississippi, who were literally never taught anything about slavery, do not know that black. Like, I have met two white people in my lifetime who did not know that slavery was a thing in the United States. 
See that they literally I, never it's not that I These don't believe you. I'm just shirts. like in shock with this really like how do you how do you get through life without They're, they they got to the age of thirty two and I think the, thirty the, or twenty nine with never knowing slavery was a thing in America. Did but you know, did you know all about the Irish potato family? <laughs> hey, Dave, did you know you heard of Carolyn Randall Williams? Uh, I don't believe oh, I Caroline have. Randall Williams. She's a you know poet, writer, professor from um, Vanderbilt. Grew up in Mississippi. The guy uh, Pettis, that Pettis Edmund Bridge, Pettis, yeah. She's a black one. That's her great great grandfather. Whoops. Yeah, her mother <laughs> is her. Yeah, well, and um, the history. I, I think she's some kind of connected to uh, Pharrell Williams too. Pharrell, Pharrell Williams, but. That she she wrote this great article in the New York Times about being a part of both sides, you know, and uh, the, and and you know Pettis was the um, he was the uh, grand poobah of the Ku Klux Klan, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. So, and she told, yeah, and she wrote that, and they're like, oh, okay, she got some great. I mean, she had she she the article. I think I think it was either in the Atlantic or the New York Times. It was a great article about. That I'm a part of both of both sides is what she was stating. Yeah, and yeah. Caroline Caroline uh, Randall Williams. She's been on uh, MSNBC a lot. Pharrell Williams is her brother. Really? Mm-hmm. That's why I kept when I was I was like, okay, who is this chick? Because I was watching on MSNBC. I said Williams, William, and her mother. Her dad though is something about her father too. His last, I forget his name. That they they got some. She's got some uh, um, hell of people in her family. That, uh, but that's some serious history to know that the very guy that John Lewis, <laughs> you know, get you know, the bridge that they walk over, and they name that bridge after this her great great grandfather. Yeah, I think they're brother and sister, if I'm not mistaken. Let me Never, just double check. Uh, yeah, I thought they were at least cousins or something because he popped up when you put when you bring her up in Google, you you he pops up. Hmm. So I'm glad I don't got no brothers and sisters to. Fuck around, sully my shit, drag me into something. Nah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I can't. It's actually kind of hard to tell. They're either cousins or brother and sister. It's like. Yeah. It's well, I, I messed up this guy on um, on Facebook. He was talking about the. Um, I don't know if you guys know the, the the three brothers or two brothers. They always show in Ebony magazine. They were lynched. They would always show that picture, and the guy. Like, I don't know why they're showing this. You know. Uh, that's not who we are and everything, you know, and, you know, there's no telling what those guys did. And I said, uh, hey, oh, my God, I said, hey, motherfucker, that's my that, that is my cousin, Thomas Ship. And it stopped him in his tracks. He said, I said, just look down at the bottom and read the name. And I knew him. And he's like, Ship, I'm sorry, man. I didn't know. Him. Shut the fuck up. Get off. <laughs> Well, the oh, the man. whole idea that oh uh, we you know we, there's no saying you know, that we did that there's there's pictures there's documentation and we we got receipts just, you know it's just, like really quickly all that shit stems from this concept that like whatever white people say is criminal is criminal so yeah. let's say that they they say you whistled they say you did this they say you did that all this white projection makes a lot of just regular black life into criminal whatever but then you get these new negroes with their white wife named Aaron and they're fucking riding lawnmower and they say oh i don't want to be represented by criminality not acknowledging that through the frame of whiteness anything a nigga do is criminal 
Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, so that, that well, the and thing that's, that bothers me about that success. Yeah, right. it's that the, those blinders, like going back to what I was saying, is they're, they're the white folks who don't understand white privilege because, well, I, I don't have white privilege. I, I'm, I have black friends. I'm not a racist. It's like, yeah, but the system is there and you have benefited from it. And, you know, we're, we're seeing, uh, this week, one of the, one of the women who stormed the Capitol at the beginning of January, uh-huh. judge let her go to Mexico because she yep. had a pre-planned vacation. She uh, got to go. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. I read the article where she was asking, but I didn't follow up. Yeah. I didn't realize that she got to go, man, and, screw that. You know, and well, the, there are, now. there are black people like you. going to jail for shit. They didn't even do. And if you don't think that's a problem, I mean, you know, I, I come back from Mexico. Uh, well, we don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, of course, you know, we, we do. Why would she have any incentive to come back to America? Right. Well, uh, because all her stuff is here and, and the and way the system. That's another thing. It's a work thing. She's not going down there for her family. Her job, which still employs her after all these shenanigans is we're taking her down there. So when she comes back, she got a job. So that's why she ain't going to stay in Mexico like some kind of drug drug dealing person who, who uh, you know, r- absconded. She could come right back here and be a damn criminal. Well, speaking of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, yep. is also on the lam, although his attorneys say he's they know exactly where he is. He's just in hiding because he's concerned for his safety. Which, I mean, this is all like, Straight up white privilege. If any black defendant tried to pull this shit, like, yeah, hey, they wouldn't be going to Mexico in the first place. And yeah, it's we come after them, come after their families. Um, and that's one of the things that not not to go back to the boogeyman of the far left. And I honestly don't even know if the judge that let Karen go to Mexico is a Trump appointee. Mm. But the fact that this person is a judge and for all the folks on the far left that wanted to say, Oh, you know, Biden and Hillary are just the same as Trump and their corporatists. There, there are differences. And one of the main differences comes out in the judiciary. This is how it is exhibited. So, Granted, we are four years away from, you know, another national election, but we do have midterms coming up. And for all of my friends on the far left who probably don't listen to the show because I'm a sellout, this is why it's important for you to be a team player. And hold on just one second. First of all, the judge is a Trump appointee that let that chick go. Okay, there we go. And it's her flower shop that she owns. Nah. That she made a team retreat to Mexico. So again, she has no incentive to come back to the United States. She owns that shop. I wonder. She have to come. <laughs> it's oh. not like she hasn't. She's still employed there because she owns the business. Como se dice Rosas? And it's her, <laughs> her, her four other employees that are taking a trip to Mexico for a team building exercise. Well, let's hope some of their team building is one of my favorite games. Kill the boss. No, that's a a joke. I'm not advocating violence. I'm, 
you know, just in favor of creative solutions. And he is a Trump appointee, so yeah, this go Judge figure. McFadden is a jackass. Um, <laughs> uh, amazing how these things work out. So yeah, to to my friends on the far left who most likely don't listen to this, this is why you play the game. This is why you're going to get closer to what you want by working with these corporatist Democrats who are just the same as the Republicans, but amazingly don't tend to appoint judges who let shit like this go on. I mean, there, there are plenty of problems and I'm, I'm sure if, you know, any of these folks were listening, they would send me an email listing all the times that quote unquote liberal judges made questionable decisions, but the larger point stands and I, I stand by it. And I, I think, this kind of brings us to what I think is is the main topic, the, the main idea that all of this falls under the umbrella of, and yeah, I'm, I'm ending sentences with prepositions. We do that here. Uh, the, the whole idea of accountability, and I, I don't remember what show it was on. Uh, could have been radio, could have been TV, cable. Something I was watching this week where, Someone on screen said that democracy requires accountability. And I think ultimately that is what it comes down to. And one of the things that I really hope this administration is going to look into doing is getting rid of qualified immunity. Because I think qualified immunity is one of the biggest, maybe not the biggest problems, but one of the the biggest ways that this whole problem of a lack of accountability manifests in our society there's there's a sort of a circular argument that you know well you can't get rid of qualified immunity because the police need special rules because they work under different circumstances than everyone else and you know in my mind yes i i acknowledge that they work under different circumstances and all you have to do is explain that to the jury and the justice system works, right? This is the system that you guys in the establishment have been like pushing on everyone else for years. So if it's good enough for us, it's good enough for you. And they say, but we, we need it because juries are biased against policemen. Well, why are they biased against policemen? Well, because, you know, you kneel on someone's neck for nine minutes. That is why people are biased against police. So I think if we start by... Equal, equal ground. Put the police on the same ground as regular civilians when it comes to how things are dealt with in court. And you know they're still going to get a better deal than any civilian would, especially any civilian of color. Well, especially if you saw that, that you know, three weeks before, two weeks before they got George Floyd, they did that same thing to another guy. Yeah, same cops. Uh, and, yeah, same thing, as well as, the guy who they just arrested, the cop, who shot the brother walking out of his out of his garage. You can see him clearly on a cell phone. And he didn't turn his camera on until after he shot him. You know, they yeah. first was gonna let that guy go. That, that should, dude should have been in jail. All of you know, you know, from you know, Florida with their stand your ground crap, uh, there's no way that, that dude should be walking around. Yeah, Zimmerman, George Zimmerman. Yeah, Zimmerman should have killed Trayvon. That's that's the type of crap. And that is what kept things. I don't know uh, why they're doing it, but you're right, Dave. 
that immunity clause has to go. It you know it it comes down don't to give me this shit. I'm I'm afraid of my I'm afraid for my life. Then don't take the job. Yeah, we're gonna we're okay. gonna stack the deck on our side and then tell you to trust the system. So I mean, I, and eh. one thing, there is no there's no amount of money you can be paid to deal with the public, especially the American public. Yeah, not, I don't you, you can, I don't care. It could be eighty, ninety, hundred. It could be one hundred fifty thousand. Not gonna be enough because who are the biggest drinkers? You know, police officers, school teachers, correction well, officers. You got to do. You got to do something when you're not beating your wife. Some type of mental illness, and you don't know when someone's going to snap anytime. You don't know who's got a gun. You don't know, whatever. But some of that stuff, those guys should have went to jail. The guy who shot the dude in the back seven times in front of his kids. The fact that he still has a job—that's some bullshit. Well, we we thought he was going to get a knife. Really. <laughs> Well, you and just open the door. You had the back of his shirt, and you're pointing the gun. You're shooting him. And I think the yeah. other problem is the police unions. And yeah. you know, it's before the show. Uh, Timon and I were talking about SAG. You know, and I, mm. this certainly isn't an anti-union thing, but it's it's the idea that the unions have to operate in good faith, and the the folks on the right who love the police unions but hate the teachers unions, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's granted there, there's, there's a little bit of fuckery going on with, with every union, but in a way it's necessary because you got to do something about the fuckery that's coming from the business owners and, and yeah. the folks who are anti-union. And when but it comes speaking to of SAG, did you guys read Donald Trump's um, yes, I'm quitting SAG letter. Yeah, you can't that fire is- me. I quit, <laughs> and I loved SAG's response. Just two words: "Thank you," uh-huh. <laughs> which is all that was necessary. But it was, I think, the head of the the Chicago Police Union. This is a, a few weeks ago. Was saying, well, you know, these these folks who stormed the Capitol have a point. It's like they Hi. killed a cop. They beat a cop with a thin blue line flag. Like, uh-huh. if, if you are making excuses for these people, you are part of the problem, if not the problem. Yeah. But again, that, but that's what I was talking about earlier, though. It's like, it is it's no longer, I, I am from the right, and I am here to help the people who are right. It is, I am from the right, and I'm here to punish the people that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And 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 that just keeps going. It's like if if cops are there to enforce the the white will, as it were. I know I don't have time to make it to parse it better than that. And the cops are there to enforce the white will, and if they get hurt, and eh, well, screw them. They're just there to enforce our will. But if they get hurt, and it's time to make them a hero so that we can enforce some stuff to harm some minority or whatever, coincidentally, then all of a sudden they get fall to the Jesus status. They put cops on whatever pedestal they need to put them on, from a lower one to a higher one, depending on their agenda at the moment. Which is just hilarious to me because it just it it really enforces the fact that like it's always to their narrative. And I know we've all we talked a lot about narratives on these shows, but it just it just floors me that like of the two parties right now, we are by far the most actually corporate. Because a corporation 
would never allow you to be as ridiculous as the Republicans have been for the last four years. <laughs> or a, a corporation would fire your ass. You'd be talking to HR. Talking That's like why all those fools. corporations dropped out right. and said they were not going to donate to them anymore. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So we're the corporate party. We're the mature people in the room at this point, whether you like it or not, whether the radical left likes it or not. And that's where, you know, I guess my centrism comes out, because obviously I'm I'm not a real centrist. I don't want there to be some center between Negroes aren't people and corporations <laughs> run, you know, or everything and and so-called, you know, the right thing. I don't want to be that. But I'm just saying, like, looking at the two parties, which one's more mature, which one is seeming like it's trying to do more for people than against people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just that that's the thing that always and why are they always on the the wrong slash dumb side of every issue? Why wasn't mm-hmm. it a patriotic issue to wear your damn mask? It's like I want to go to a baseball game, dog. So you're gonna wear your mask for this next four months, I'll tell you what. Why wasn't that the thing? Because they're consistent in being on the wrong, dumb side of everything. It's remarkable consistency. Yeah. It's well, and in a way, fortunate. And it's, you know. I, I certainly would not be the first person to say that in a way we are lucky that Donald Trump is is stupid and lazy because had he been an an effective fascist, shit could could have been a lot worse. And yeah, well, you know, those those gallows that fascist. So what's that? I said he's given an outline, a very good one to the yeah. next to a smart fascist. And this so is this it is It should be fun when Jared Kushner runs for president in 2024. Oh no. Well, it it'll be interesting to see if he can do that from jail. And that that brings us <laughs> to the final topic of the day because uh you know, Groundhog Day is behind us, Valentine's Day is ahead and in between the two, the second Senate impeachment trial of Donald Trump. And especially after you know, the, we, we've seen them circling the wagons on Marjorie Taylor Greene. I have serious doubts that the Senate is going to be able to convict Trump. I think, you know, Manchin and Cinema are are scared and weak enough. And you're not going to have as many Republicans. Although, if they do the vote as a secret ballot, because this, you know, when we were talking earlier about the uh, the two votes as to whether or not to keep Liz Cheney and whether or not to get rid of Marjorie Taylor Greene, the the Liz Cheney vote was held as a secret vote. And I think that like because they couldn't be called out by the conspiracy theorists that empowered a lot of Republicans to do what they aren't bold enough and brave enough to do in the light of day, which is the right thing. So I think it would be interesting if, if the actual vote on impeachment is held as a secret vote, I think you would see more Republicans voting to impeach if they don't have to be held accountable to, they, they would rather be held accountable to the, the folks on the left and the folks in the center for voting in favor of keeping, you know, keeping Trump's record clean, then they would, you know, there's much less, I think, physical risk of danger to them if if they vote in public in, in favor of Trump than there would be if they voted against him in public. 
So I think a secret ballot is is the way to do this impeachment. And I think you would see a lot of Republicans voting in, in favor of America and democracy. But my guess is it will not be a secret ballot and it will be a party line vote. And you may have folks like Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema who are going to play that they're dumb enough to fall for the, oh, well, it's a procedural thing. And yeah, it, he shouldn't be impeached after he's out of office, which is like saying, you know, you, you shouldn't try me for murder because that person's dead. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't know why it has to be in the, in the dark of the night for people to like, it's, it's, I understand the conspiracy theory people. And if I had a bunch of conspiracy theorists around me or rather trying to assassinate or harm or zip tie me, I think I would feel, yeah, I would feel like a secret vote is necessary. I just, I just hate that we live in a country where, I mean, we just saw in Myanmar, the military took over the country after their first, I think, you know, uh, uh, democratic election in, in years and it gets a certain result. And then they just go, nah, uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's just like that's just that is really creepy to me. And we are not that far from that if we have major elected officials voting a certain way because they don't want to be harassed and targeted by uh, by the people who they've uh, been allowing to have guns for all these years. Well, right, right, and well, and even even without guns and stuff. I mean, there wasn't a whole bunch of guns when they stormed the Capitol. Just the sheer a wall of white people that the police refuse to harm in any significant fashion is a weapon. It's yeah. the greatest weapon in America. And the fact that Trump actually had the, the, the military stand down. That's why they didn't come. He stripped them. He told them, don't bring guns. Don't bring anything. He purposely did this. Yeah. That's why people say, well, how did this happen? It had to happen from the inside. Well, and and reading reading that letter from the from the acting Secretary of Defense under Trump, you know, where it it felt like all the the rumors you hear about celebrities in Hollywood, like you know, if you're working on set, don't look at them, don't acknowledge them. If they need to talk to you, they will talk to you. You know, but it's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the National Guard can be called up, but you you can't give them weapons, you can't give them armor. They aren't allowed to arrest anyone who's rioting or violent. Uh, they, you know, and there were like all these restrictions and stipulations put on the National Guard in the case that they need to be called up, which I, I think at, at the very least, and I am cynical enough to believe that the, they will give Trump a pass, which I mean, sucks for us as Americans and people who are interested in equal application of justice. But I guess, you know, we, we're going to have to find some sort of comfort in the, the belief that New York, uh, DC needs statehood, like just to prosecute this motherfucker. Um, but that, that Trump will get his comeuppance in these courts because they, as certain attorney generals, and other jurisdictions have the courage to actually defend the Constitution, unlike Republicans in the Senate. Well, I think, Dave, also you, you've, uh, that one thing's for sure, that during the trial, they're going to expose everything and who was involved. All the information, now whether you convict him or not, 
It's going to be put on. See, this isn't the Russian. This isn't the Mueller crap. This shit, the ABC, all of it. No, no, no. We got anything you need. What do you need? We can to, to expose everything that has been done when they're done with it. When their investigation comes, which they've already done all the investigations. They have all the film. They have everything they need to expose what this asshole did with his cronies. They even got Roger Stone talking to the Proud Boys. Uh, the Oath right Keepers. Before. Uh, it was the the morning of he was with the Oath Keepers. They're like the the even more religious, more armed version of the Proud Boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the fact that everybody, you know, so I, well, I think that they're gonna. So all of this is gonna come out, and more is gonna come out. That's like uh, they're pissed because Austin, the new uh, Secretary of Defense, yeah, yeah, first first He's Black Secretary in, hey, of Defense. We gonna purge out every last one of these redneck some bitches that's up in here. Yeah, you with any of it? I want you to go and every last one of them. I think that I was that was a really that was a really bold move that he pulled this week. That I I'm hoping is indicative of what we're going to be seeing over the next at least year, if not the next four. But in terms of accountability, rather than spending the time to comb through every advisory committee and every member of every advisory committee he's just like yep we're getting rid of all of them and we're, we're going to take a good strong look at whether we even need advisory councils and if we decide that we do we got this we're good so yeah. i i think that that is the kind of thing and fortunately you know i hate to i hate to phrase it like this because it it, you know, when you think about it, it does kind of seem like he was able to take advantage of all the other crap that's going on to do the right thing and not have to deal with, you know, a bunch of white Republicans giving him grief about it because right. there are so many other, you know, plates spinning and so many other irons in the fires. So it, you know, it sucks that we got to, you know, we got to do a little sleight of hand and look over here and distract people <laughs> so we can actually do the right thing. But we we do have uh, an administration that's 17 days old. I I am only getting more and more of a crush on Jen Psaki uh, as time goes on. Uh, the, the new press secretary, I, I think she is... Well, first of all, having actual White House press conferences, amazing. Um, but she she has been so great at both like providing information, admitting when she doesn't have that information, and shutting down the bullshit. So mm-hmm. more of that. Yeah. And the fact that Lou Dobbs is gone. Oh, my God. Oh, that's hilarious. Holy I'm cow. Like, oh, God. You know, it's funny because so many people were talking about Trump starting his own network. And you know, he's not going to start his own network if he can't be the star. And now that he's resigned from SAG, he can't be the star. No. You know, when in his his resignation letter that uh, Clee brought up, you know, his closing line was, you have never done anything for me. And you know what? Maybe they haven't, although they did. Uh, you're just not willing to acknowledge it. You will be amazed at how hard the union can come down on you for trying to do a, a union production. Of course, I mean, I can totally see a Trump network being a non-union production yeah. so they can if justify paying people shit separated, fees. He would 
he would still maybe have a chance with Aftra, but they're not separated anymore. Yeah. And much like I was saying about Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, being silenced, quote unquote, by being thrown off committees. I'm not sure whether I'm more in favor of a world where Donald Trump has no voice in the media or if I should be scared because we can't hear him and see what's going on. Like, no, you know, I like him with no voice. I like it. I definitely prefer been, it, but I, you know, I like the, it does introduce that other level of anxiety of like, what's he doing? No, because he can't put his bullshit out there whenever he wants. And I like that he's been reduced to trying to get members of his staff that are so loyal to him that he's been writing down tweets and then trying to get them to tweet it. I think that's hilarious that he's been reduced to something so base. It's hysterical. It is really. I don't. Funny. I like that he's been banned. It's. It. I think it's good for America. I think it's good for democracy. It's the consequences of his actions. He hasn't been censored. He can. He can try. He has enough power to get on media if he wanted to. He could write a letter to the editor. He could. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like he has avenues. He just doesn't know how to use them because he's stupid, and the people around him are stupid, and the smart people around him have either abandoned ship or don't tell him. Yeah. Anything. Well, that's that's what makes them the smart ones. <laughs> so, like, he it's not like he he hasn't been censored. I think that's hilarious that he thinks like that. There are people out there who think that because you can't be on Twitter, you're somehow being censored. Yeah. Hilarious. Well, and and Josh Hawley, you know, who as we were talking about this uh, on the show last week or a couple weeks ago when it when it was relevant, had the cover story in uh, Rupert Murdoch's New York Post about how he was being censored and silenced. Uh-huh. It's like, uh, buddy, if you got the cover story, not yeah. not really an effective silencing. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and he's and enough if, of a media figure that he can get on, he can get an interview with a reporter whenever he wants. Yeah, and if if you work in government, uh, especially you know as a senator or as the mm-hmm. president, you should at least have enough knowledge of the Constitution and the legal system in general to know that private companies which you guys are not in favor of regulating are allowed to do what they want. It's, it's the government that can't censor you when a private company shuts you down. That's, that's just good business. And it's, you know, it's funny to see the, the quote unquote chickens come home to roost or the, the goose getting what the gander has been getting, you know, it, it's just, this is folks. This is white privilege. This is well. They're, but they're treating me the way I've been treating everybody. That's not fair. No, motherfucker. That is straight up the definition of fair. <laughs> yep. Maybe a little karma in there too. So, on the topic of fairness and karma, let's hope Tom Brady gets his deflated ball ass kicked tomorrow. <laughs> and go chiefs may you win enough super bowls to gain the wisdom to change your name <laughs> <laughs> i think that's yeah that's uh that's a good place to go it is a beautiful saturday in los angeles it, it's super bowl weekend let's get out there let's have some fun let's play safe if we are getting out there mask up put two on what the fuck this is this should be the new fashion trend Make double masking fashionable. I think that's a, a mm. good way to, to do things. But yeah, folks, be know. safe. Don't go to Super Bowl day. parties unless you're in like an Ed and Clee situation or you, you're like potted up with someone, if not bubbled. 
enjoy a single Valentine's Day. Like, or <laughs> do, do, you know, a, a consensual Jeffrey Tubin. Uh, we, we have video things point being, do not spread the virus. Do not put yourself in situations where you could spread the virus. Do not put yourself in situations where you could catch the virus and lo and behold, virus going to go away. I, I'm not going to say it'll be a miracle. It'll, it'll go away like magic when the weather heats up. I'm not saying that. We have vaccines. We have fucking brains. Use them, people. Por favor. Gracias. <laughs> and with that, I want to thank you guys for joining me today. It It is always a pleasure to have you guys on. And today, no exception. So, Clee Wiggins, thank you so much for being here. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on on person or in line in the coming days, weeks, and months? Please follow me on Twitter at Clee Wiggins, on Instagram at Clee Wiggins SF. I am officially part of the Schmodown for my second season for Schmodown Movie Trivia. Nice. So if you're into movie trivia, I'm on t- uh, Team Corruption. <laughs> I, um, I can't say yet what we're, what my first match is, but it's pretty awesome. And I should be having some matches coming up maybe at the end of March that you'll see me in, but you can see the rest of my teammates starting at the beginning of March or end of February. And it's going to be pretty awesome. Excellent. Go well, team. Movie Trivia Schmodown on YouTube. Right on. We'll definitely be looking for that. Thank you so much, Clee. Ed Greer, also wonderful to have you, sir. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Oh, yeah. They can check out the uh, Greatest Pod Patreon. That's where I'm dropping a lot of. And, uh, the Greatest Pod's going to launch as its own podcast once I get the website built and everything. But we're doing Patreon episodes right now. Uh, uh, use the infrastructure from our old show, Nerd Goat. And so I'd love people to check out the Patreon content. We have videos. We have uh, art posts from me going back. And we have a bunch of extra podcasts that are actually <laughs> they're, they're kind of really good podcasts that we just happen to put on the Patreon feed. So uh, I'd like people to check that out. And also on YouTube, they can check out Reboot It. We've done three seasons of rebooting everything from your childhood, from Knight Rider to Star Wars. We've rebooted. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just it's so hubristic and ridiculous that we don't even... You know, we don't even care about it anymore. It's like, yeah, it's ridiculous to think that we could ever do this. It's ridiculous to think that we would ever be charged with this. But if we were, this is what we would do. And people are using that as a way to go to the movies without being able to go to the movies. So nice. That, that's a good service. Not not to steal from Burt Backrack, Dionne Warwick, or Jerry Lewis, but that might be what the world needs now. So <laughs> maybe check yeah, out, out rebooted on YouTube and uh, at Edgar destroys on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us. Looking forward to the next time. Mr. Time and ship. Yes. Yowza, yowza, thank yowza. you, sir. Once again, for another week, should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks and months time and ship.com. i Website, my re- my new website's almost done, so I'm gonna be doing timeandship.com. It'll be on Weebly, but uh, time and ship at Instagram, time and ship at Facebook, and time and ship at Twitter. Also, you can get my book, My East St. Louis, on Amazon.com, as well as my CD, Universal Brother. Uh, it's on Spotify and CD Baby. 
Right on. Well, thank you once again, and I know I will be talking to you again next week. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can find me on the Facebook at dr.david.robinson. On the Twitter, I am at standupfalldown. And if you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials, all spelled out, let's be treasonable on Facebook. And on the Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, I want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening, even on the platforms where you're not. That's cool. If you got the time, we'll take the love. If you didn't like what you heard, well, not sure why you're still listening, but I do appreciate it. Make you a deal. You don't tell anyone. We won't tell anyone. Everybody's happy. We're going to go be happy. Hopefully you will too. We will be back next week and we will see you then. Until then, goodbye. goodbye. <laughs>